0: Talk Radio.
1: Pagans Tonight Radio, the voice of the pagan world, featuring the man with all the questions that some don't want you to hear. Called the most dangerous person you will ever listen to, the ever-curious digital pioneer, Ed the Pagan. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, where you're at. We're on the verge of the 8th Parliament of World's Religions, a virtual event, as you know, just kind of excites me in a lot of ways. I I just didn't think it would. It's uh, people have, have done and people have talked about how it, it doesn't seem the same. Of course not. Everything changes. Um. So yes, and so we're talking to tonight. We're going to talk to first Reverend the Right Reverend Lori. Uh, well, I was going to say Blackman, but she's not the right reverend. She's working hard on her third degree, and she's a volunteer at a major level at the Parliament of World Religions. No, I mean Lori Denman, the right reverend, Lori Denman, Archpriestess, Chosen Paths Church, and the dean of Witch and then they will be followed by Lady Stephanie Neal, first priestess of the Carillon tradition, and the one that we've been talking about. So you'll see all of that here. But man, it, yes, for those of you on a less serious note that want to know about the drinking game, I think we're going to have to. I am going to have to explain the rules and, and, and talk about that at some point here in the future. Uh, we have got a bunch of great interviews still coming up. We're going to start with this one with Lori Denman. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another night of Pegasus. Tonight as we explore the Parliament of the World's Religions, which will be occurring in just a few days online. It's going to change everything. And be with me Friday when I talk about the coming disruption of the world's religions. But tonight, we're going to cover more of the Parliament, and we have the Right Reverend Lori Denman of Chosen Path Church, uh, Dean of Witch School, and probably a whole slew of other things that I just uh, we really don't know what's, what's happening out there. She's a very active person who does a lot of things and has recently adopted a cat colony. Uh, but we'll get into that one a little bit more later. But first, let me introduce and welcome Lady Lori to the show. Thank you for having me, Ed. Oh, It's always a pleasure. And most of we've talked about witchful and everything else, but tonight I want to talk a little bit about different experiences. And that's the Parliament of the World of Religions. And I, have, I understand, right, you went to the Salt Lake City, which is... Seems to be the one that a lot of people really kind of broke the first time, and then you went on to Toronto three years later. Um, so let me go ahead and get started. How did so? How did you become the Right Reverend Lori Denman? Beat uh, the heck out of me.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I, I, I. It just, it just happened. It just happened. Um, when I first started the Corellian path, um, I was what I call a Barnes and Noble witch. I had read all about it, but hadn't done hardly anything Mm -hmm. other than the occasional protection spell on my daughter's dorm apartment. Um, But when I joined the tradition, I had no intention of being clergy and As I studied the first degree materials, all my other religious searches, which had been going on for 30 years at that point, there was always a yes but. And I just didn't find one as I was going through the first degree materials. And I started focusing on the solitary community. You know, 80% of pagans are solitary. And I started worrying about them. You know, who's going to do their funerals, their hand fastings, their wickenings, their sagings and cronings, their cleansing hospital rooms of negative energy, all those things that clergy do. um, That community was so underserved uh, because there were plenty of, of pagan clergy in Jacksonville, where I live, but most of them, you know, if you were not part of their group, they didn't have time for you, so um, I resisted all the way until right before I received my third degree. I, you know, the the ancestors were whooping me upside the head with a spiritual two-by-four about starting a group, and I resisted for two and a half years and then finally uh, i got to the third point, point in the third degree program where you really realize resistance is
0: futile yeah <laughs> and, uh, yeah started,
2: started chosen path um Lord Don was traveling back and forth between Salem and South Florida seasonally, and he came and stayed with us a couple of times. So he and I developed a very, very deep friendship, but, you know, we consider each other brother and sister. So I was able to have very frank talks with him about, you know, where I am going with the tools that the tradition has has given me. And when the parliament opportunity came up, he really encouraged us all to submit classes, to submit um, presentations. And there were 300 presentations, but they had something like 6,000 presentations submitted. It was a very active parliament. And um, lo and behold, mine got picked. So, you know, that kind of sealed the deal. I had to go to Parliament. <laughs> and, and it was literally a, a life-changing experience for me.
1: Um, I can understand that. Uh, as people know, I've gone to all the modern parliaments, And as soon as uh, the handy-dandy time machine Uber is working on, I plan to attend the first one, uh, mm-hmm. which was in 1893. It was 1993. And so I agree with it. For me, Parliament was always a life-changing experience, and I encouraged, it. I encouraged everybody to try to, to go, um, and I still do. So you went to Salt Lake City, and Salt Lake City was interesting in that it was the most amount of Corellians that I'd ever had attended so far.
2: We made quite an impression walking into the planetaries with our robes um, and sitting all together in mosques um we had world leaders of religions from india and many other places literally stop us in the hall and ask to be taking pictures with us in our robes um it was it, it was amusing um because these are these are our work clothes these are just what we do <laughs> you know, these these are not anything unusual to us but we were a noticeable block. We took up several rows of the center section. Um, we sat towards the back, um, but it, it,
1: it was, we were visible. And uh, they knew the Corellians were there. Absolutely. And so one of the things I think was very interesting, and uh, I think one of the, probably one of the most memorable moments uh, for the Corellian the tradition, was when they decided to kind of crash the main procession plenary. They, they had all get, decided to get into robes, and then they were standing kind of together, and they formed up actually into like two rows so people could start taking pictures with them because there was so many. And it caused quite a stir in that progression. You know, that progression, you know, they were going to progress. And we had not been invited to do so. You had to be pre-invited. Um, and you were part of that. The mm-hmm. whole, whole thing, was everybody was like out there. I'm walking
2: doing, here. I'm walking.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden they came out and one of the people was for the procession. And since we were part of the procession, so we just came out in our robes to be supportive. And uh, they offered to Lord Don and to our group a chance to put one of our members in the procession.
2: That was and, awesome.
1: That and then, was
2: awesome. Lady Stephanie represented us so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, she really did not know what to expect. I'm sure the other processional participants had been rehearsed and, and all of those things, but she just went through with the flow and looked so beautiful in her robes and her goodness just radiated out of her like it always does. And she was just so beautiful. And I kind of had the gopher role To keep an eye on her and see where she was in the convention hall, and then when she was finished, to to usher her back to the group, and uh, that was such an honor. Mm -hmm. Uh, I
1: felt very protective of her. (laughs) Well, I remember. Yeah, I remember that. It was very interesting because Lord Don then instead of taking that position himself, and everybody kind of would have normally expected him to take it, but that that was a year where the woman, the women were both that and. Little did we know that was the turning point for Lady Stephanie. It changed her because at that point she was first elder. You know, you know, kind of just in there. You know, you know, was first elder, and uh, and then all of a sudden by the end of this this parliament we would name her first. She would be named first priestess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do know that she got on the mainstream news. So I was sitting there; she was so nervous going in. There, like, uh, I guess we all get kind of sometimes, and I think this happens. The idea of an imposter syndrome—you've never had that problem, at least I can tell that you are who you are, and you don't really always—and you don't really take titles too deeply.
0: No,
2: I don't. Uh, you can call me Ray. You can call me Jay. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I am—I am the type of person that sees work that needs to be done and then figure out how I can help get it done. Mm-hmm. I am—I am—I do what I do for the work not for the recognition that it might or might not get me. Mm-hmm. I don't worry about that. It's, it's, it does not add value to my life. What adds value to my life is seeing the work get done and seeing it benefit others.
1: And so what was probably the most memorable part of that parliament for you?
2: For me, it was the Sacred Fire Circle. Um, Both of the last two parliaments have had a
0: huge
2: Indigenous people presence, and not just from, you know, they were both obviously held in North America, but it was not just from North America. Um, Especially at the Utah Parliament, there were Indigenous representatives from Australia, um, the Amazon, the Polynesian people, Um, there was indigenous representation abounding. And the tribes of the area had the manpower present to have a sacred fire circle. It was lit in an opening ceremony just before the opening of the parliament. And it went was extinguished as the final act of the parliament. Um, A sacred fire is a huge religious experience for Native Americans. Um, it is a living being. Um, it must be respected, um, venerated. It is where you bring your offerings. Uh, there were several offering ceremonies done, um, and it is tended 24-7 because nothing unsacred can go into it. You do not flick your cigarette butt in there. You do not throw your cup in there. It is sacred. And um, I would get up before dawn and walk up to the fire circle, and I'd be one of a handful of people there other than the fire keepers. And I made friends with several of the fire keepers. Um, it it became it became the focus of the Parliament for me. Not my presentation, not the all the other plenaries and, and other activities you could go to. I mean some of my heroes, like Jane Goodall and were at this conference, but to me, that fire circle was the end all be all. Um, at the opening fire circle, um, I was standing right next to Lady Selena and there were a lot of people taking pictures and they stopped the ceremony. And one young um, lady Explained that everybody was being very disrespectful. That you know, Native Americans don't go into your church and take pictures like tourists. And she had a point. She did have a point. Um, what the ceremony they were doing should have been respected more. But it, it's a double-edged argument. Um, the purpose of the Parliament of World's Religions is to learn about Religions other than your own. It's also to show how your religion is positively impacting the world. Um, so after that fire circle was disbanded for the for the morning, um, I went up and talked to this young girl. And she, when I say young, I'm you know, I'm 65 now, but she she was not far into her 20s, but obviously respected because the grandmothers and mothers um, were allowing her to be the spokesperson. And I told her, I said, I'm not arguing with you about what you said, but I just want to give you another paradigm. It's through those pictures and through the stories of the people attending your fire circle that your message is going to be carried forward to those that are not here today. I'm a Carillion. We are a worldwide religion. And in order to reach all of our people in the 140-something countries that we were in at the time, we have to have videos. We have to have pictures. We have to have voice that can reach beyond our physical area that we're located in. So while you immediately took that as a sign of disrespect, an alternative way to have taken that would be as a compliment that what you were doing was so moving and so impactful that there was a a strong desire to share it with people who were not there. Grandmothers of the tribe were standing off in the distance, you know, within earshot because, you know, here's this crazy white lady, right? Um, Listening. And one of them came up in tears, and she said, I want to thank you for opening our eyes to positive way that this could have been interpreted instead of a negative way as a disrespect. And she and I became close during the event, and we would often... I would, I would bring goodies and coffee and those kind of things when I visited the fire circle at the beginning of the day and then again at the end of the day because I knew there were two shifts. Um, she and I would talk and maybe I had some positive impact there. But I know that fire definitely had a positive impact on me. It's something I will never forget. I enjoyed the Toronto Parliament. The Corellians received a wonderful gift at the Toronto Parliament.
1: I do want to talk about that. But, but
2: the, the personal impact for me, Utah was a life-changing experience, where Toronto was a conference
1: I went to kind of experience. That's very interesting. Um, it's because it's the Parliament is an experience for, for themselves. Mm-hmm. And, it, and for, for, for a lot of people, they are life-changing for some. That, and for me, everyone has been a life-changing experience. They actually changed the course of my life every time I've attended. Um, and for some people, it, it's the very thing. So you did your presentation. What was your presentation at the 2015? It was the and Peace Prayer. Which is also going to be presented at this parliament mm-hmm. virtually again.
2: Mm-hmm. We had um, We were originally scheduled for a half-hour slot. Mm -hmm. Um, and the way they do it is they give you an hour slot and they, they pair you up with another presentation and then you have to work out, you know, who goes first, you know, what, whatever to use Mm -hmm. the time slot. Well, the other presenter didn't show up
0: Mm -hmm. at Parliament.
2: I don't, I never found out what happened, but they just were not at Parliament. So we had to fill an hour and they asked us, can you, can you fill an hour? Oh yeah, we can. And so we did. We turned a half-hour presentation into an hour presentation. And we expanded it by incorporating the
1: Great Crystal Web into the presentation. And I believe that presentation is available online at Magic TV. Yes, it is. Absolutely. We had,
2: um, we had Lady Stephanie, Lord Dawn. Um, I'm trying to remember who else was on the panel. But we had a panel that talked about the peace prayer movement. And um, we have a group on Facebook called the international peace prayer warriors. And this group is not as active now as it was back then, but we do organized peace prayer events where we, we say a specific prayer and we either do it all at the same time, exact mm-hmm. same time, or, we do a rolling one where we would do it on the face of a clock at an hour. And then in the next time zone at that same time in that time zone, they do it. And, and by doing that, it rolls around the world, um, spreading that peaceful energy. So um, I had made a portable peace prayer sigil um, labyrinth that could be walked. And we used that on the floor. We used crystals. We made crystal web access points and, and, and connected to it. Um, I had somebody at the door, um, Reverend Susan Caldwell at the door, and she was passing out the crystals necessary for those access points to people as they came in. And we only had one gentleman that asked why we were giving him this crystals, And when it was explained to him, he says, oh, my religion doesn't condone such things. And he got up and left. Um, not quite sure why that happened since the um, catalog of the, of the available workshops explained exactly what we were going to do. Um, But that was the one and only instance I have ever experienced at Parliament where someone flat out rejected an alternative religion to their own just because it was not their own. Um, Everybody at Parliament is just so happy to share about their religious path and what it has meant to them.
1: Um, I think that's a maturity. Because uh, if you were in '93, that one was very, very contentious. Um, yeah,
2: so that's a shame. I'm glad I didn't
1: have that as my first experience. Uh, I probably would well, not it, have
2: had me return. <laughs> well,
1: it, it altered my course in my history. I mean, if anything gave me my massive transformative purpose, it was the '93 Parliament and that contention. And
2: the thing that that changed my path about parliament
1: mm-hmm.
2: was I felt like such a slacker after leaving <laughs> oh my god the amazing work that these people are doing all around the world and here I am you know just struggling to to have a temple and we were a year old at that point
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um you know I had my homeless outreach that I was doing once once a year and thought I was doing great and Oh Lord, no!
1: (laughs) It's amazing the work that these people do. And I agree. And uh, I guess that it was an inspiration to the work that I've done since then. So I understand that. So in the interim, you became dean of the witch school. You did a lot of other things. You really upped your game between the parliaments, in the sense of you were doing more and more uh, for the tradition.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, again, it was there was a need, so Mm -hmm. I stepped in to fill it. Okay. Um, and then it, 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 one of the advice that I give people joining the tradition um, and and just people in general is don't don't wait to be asked to do something. If you've got a talent that you think can meet a need. Speak up and say, you know, I think I can help you out here. Would you give me a chance to do that? And the tradition is very good about that. Now, you got to follow through. You know, a lot of people step up and say, yeah, I'll do that. And then they kind of fade to black and you never see the end result that they were supposed to produce. But um, if you have enough um, self-accountability to say, yes, I committed to do this and, you know, I'm going to get it done, um, either by pulling in more resources or developing a plan to get there or whatever, um, you too can do whatever you want within the tradition as far as bringing our message forward and, and providing the tools that we need to function
1: as a tradition. That makes sense. So fast forward, 2018, uh, three years later, we're in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So. And they had the same, they opened the sacred fire at the opening. Mm -hmm. And uh, so what was your relationship with that parliament? You say it wasn't quite the same.
2: I never felt compelled at the Toronto parliament to spend time at the fire circle like I did in Utah. I went to the closing ceremony for the fire circle. Um, At that point, I was having mobility issues to the point mm-hmm. where I was using an electric wheelchair to get around the parliament. They had it spread out over multiple buildings, uh, multiple floors, and it was very difficult for me to get around. So I did not make the effort to go back and forth to the fire circle every day. Um, I, it was pushing me physically just to get through what we had committed to do as a tradition with the Panels that we had done in the the lustration ritual and, and those kind of things. So the fire circle there did not draw me like it did in Utah. Um, it, 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 I also knew better than to expect to try to do everything. You know, there's so much you want to do, and as with all large conferences, sometimes rooms get moved, sometimes presentations don't happen, like happened to the person I was paired up with in Utah. Um, So it seemed like in Toronto, I was spending a lot of time running around in circles between the two buildings, trying to get to presentations that interested me um, and never quite getting the full flavor. I, I knew more people at the second parliament because I had met them at the first, you know, Philip and Phyllis and Patrick and Lady Selena. And and so I think I spent more time visiting with people at Toronto instead of actually taking in the conference
1: So than I did in Utah. So did anything strike out for you as being important and? what was the most striking you talk about the spreading out of that sort of thing was harder to engage and you do mention the friendships and um you know and and expanding on friendships that we're having i think that was a lot that's always a big aspect of it is there anything that strikes out to you that was the like most memorable thing for you for toronto on a personal basis it was seeing
2: doris again Mm
0: -hmm.
2: um doris is an interfaith minister
0: Mm
2: -hmm. um I met her in Utah. We were standing on the corner, waiting for the light to change, in our robes on our way to illustration, and she asked us about our robes. And we said, "Oh, well, these are our, our state robes, and we're on our way to illustration." Oh, what's illustration, and Doris jumped in the cab with six Carillians and came to our illustration as my guest. And you know, she didn't know us from Adam. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But Doris and I had kept in touch, and Doris is very elderly, and um, we had kept in touch by email, and she felt like she wasn't able to attend the parliament. Well, the last day of parliament, I'm going across the lobby, and there's Doris's doppelganger. And I'm like, is that Doris? And I went running up to her and I said, Doris. And she turned around and it was Doris. But we didn't find each other until the last day. And I was so, so disappointed that we hadn't had more time to spend with each other. Um, the other thing that impressed me was our people.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: everybody um, that had gone to Utah, most of them also went Toronto. And they were much more seasoned, like myself. They had had three years of growth. And they were able to jump in and fix things and um, volunteer at the parliament and um, support other pagan leaders, like Liz jumped in when Patrick needed help. Patrick McCullough needed help. And when Lady Stephanie got ill and was able to take her role in the illustration, Lady Angela jumped in and, and and took that role. And it it I was so proud of my Corellian family for the way that they they didn't go to the Parliament waiting expecting to be treated as guests. They went to the Parliament saying this is something worthwhile to invest our efforts in. And whatever it is, whether it's setting up a room or taking, taking a letter or stepping into a ritual role that, that you had not prepared yourself for, um, they all did it. And they did it gracefully and made it look effort, effortlessly to the people that were around them. And I was so proud of our team. I really, really was.
1: So I want to take us to the final day. A lot of people had gone home. There's the final circle of the fire circle. Mm -hmm. About 200 people there, more or less, Mm -hmm. in a a huge circle. It was a big circle. It was. It took up a whole field. It really did. And then people were, you know, they did, you know, know, the sacred fire, and they threw in incense and and sacred wood that was given to them by the elders to make their wishes. And then they did the final thing. And this is the thing that I think I will – is if all the – I've had moments where I've had to protect the minister of India, whether the speakers from India, because they thought he was going to be attacked. I remember getting yelled at because one of the pagan groups decided to throw confetti all over the stage. I mean, I've had a lot of moments which have been interesting, things like that. But this is one where they started the end of the ritual, which was the hugging ritual.
2: Mm-hmm. And for- I was standing, Lord Don was standing, um, and then I, uh, Lady Angela was to his right, and I was to her right. hmm and I don't know if we were in one of the cardinal directions or not, but the speaker at the fire
0: circle
2: explained that we were going to do the hugging ceremony, mm-hmm. and it was a a commonly used ceremony to end functions in, in his tribal group, and he would come over and hug someone. And then he would go to the next person and hug them. And the person that they hugged would then turn and hug that person. And it would continue sort of like a spiral until Mm -hmm. the last person in the circle, which was the person next to the beginning, had been hugged by everyone. And they had hugged everyone. So for some reason, they came and started with Lord Don. We don't know why. Um, that made Lady Angela the person that stood still and received all of the hugs. And after it was all over, I don't know how many of your listeners have ever hugged a Carillion, but a Carillion hug is really a cool thing because it's an exchange of energy to us. It's not just a physical touch. You know, wrapping your arms around someone or or hugging their neck, it's okay, we are connecting energetically with each other, and I think that that might have been an experience for some of the people in in the um, in in the hugging ceremony, and by the time the gentleman got to Lady Angela and received that quality of hug um, I think it made an impression on him because he went back to the circle back to the fire and he pronounced Lady Angela the sacred grandmother of the Carilion tradition now what he did not know is that the Carilion tradition has nativist roots Mm -hmm. we are the the Carilion nativist church And our founder, 144 years ago now, was Scottish Cherokee. And so a lot of our teachings incorporate the Cherokee teachings. We have a separate shaman training. We go through clergy training to become priestesses and priests. But we also have a separate 32-week shaman training course. Um, and Lady Angela and I are both Carilion shamans, but Lady Angela completed that training before I did. I, it was the first thing I did after my third degree. She not only has Carilion shaman training and is a shaman, she also took other shaman trainings of South American shaman, Oranges and um, she is very much incorporated that into her religious practice. One of the things that I love about Carillionism is that we don't teach you that you have to do things our way, so to speak. We ask people to follow where spirit takes them and we encourage the people around the world to look at their indigenous gods and goddesses and to learn about them because a lot of them have been colonialized away, um, to learn about them, to honor them, to venerate them, to incorporate them into their practices. So it's perfectly natural for Lady Angela, who is an archpriestess of the tradition, to incorporate the shaman training into her own personal practice. Um, It's something we encourage people to do. So they didn't really realize that, you know, they probably thought it was an honorarium. To us, it was a miracle. Um, It was a recognition of Lady Angela's shamanistic being and that as a nativist church, we had a role for a sacred grandmother, that it was important to us. It gave meaning to us. It wasn't just a title that they bestowed upon a woman in a crowd. It, it was an office
1: now. And I think that was very much a restorative. Um, and during that week, they also we were having that, our symbol, because uh, Reverend Kyaden made Corellian uh, shirts for us, or you know, jackets. Jacket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And throughout the process, a lot of indigenous people asked us about the symbol because it, it seemed to them that it has appeared very, you know, native, you know, that it had some of those indigenous elements. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so, yeah. So, the you know, the, this weekend is the big parliament. This is going to be amazing. Um, any last thoughts you want to share with us before, uh, before we go? We've covered a lot of ground and I think we see how it affected you and what it's done for you.
2: Well, I think if you ever have the opportunity to attend a parliament, um, you know obviously this one is most accessible because it doesn't matter where you are, you can attend.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: but the experience of the parliament is just not the workshops and the planetaries The experience is also the hallways, the lounges, the the mingling of people of multiple religions. Now, they've tried to capture that a little bit in this. You can connect with people you know. Like I've, I've had all week, I've had people reaching out to me and asking me, are you attending parliament? Yes, I am. Do, do you want to connect? Do you want to hang out in the lounge? Um, unfortunately, this weekend is also my daughter's birthday weekend, so I have family time planned, so I won't be able to take in a lot of it personally, real time, but we have 30 days to enjoy viewing anything we want to watch before they take it down. Um, if you are at a point in your spiritual journey that you don't really know what the gods have in store for you, um, obviously you should be working with them, trying to find that out. But a great place to see what is possible is a parliament. The work that these people do around the world to make this world a better place is just amazing. And you have no idea it's happening unless you go to these workshops and learn about their work. Um, And they don't put on these workshops to brag about their work. They they put on these workshops to recruit help. (laughs) So if you're called to help, contact them. Say, you know, your work draws me, ma'am. Is there any way I may be of assistance? Here's where I think I might fit in. Um, Do it because it is life changing. It is. I will I will go until I am no longer able to move. I will go to every parliament in some way, shape, or form. Um, It's that important to my concept of my ability to grow spiritually, to grow in service to others, and I highly recommend that you invest your hard-earned dollars, I know money's tight right now, to get a ticket, check out the parliament, And when it goes physical again, start saving your money now, five bucks a week, whatever you can put away. And when it comes time, come. What we do is we try to lower our costs by rooming together. Um, We stayed in a a timeshare in Utah, um, and then we stayed in an Airbnb in Toronto, and we had nine beds in our Airbnb. So when it all boiled down, I think it was less than 40 bucks a night for our lodging. And it had a full kitchen. We went to the grocery store the first day and we had our meals there as much as possible. So the the cost can be very minimalized if you do good planning. Um, We always open up a Facebook group before each parliament, a physical parliament, so that we can get people that are interested in going roommates and share information on places to stay and, and those kinds of things. So watch out for those. We'll start advertising those when the, when the time comes, but do not miss parliament. Do not miss a parliament.
1: Again, that I thank you for being a part of us today and sharing your thoughts and your energy with us. I think this a, a gives us a really good look at what, what the effect has been on an individual as well as groups. So I thank you. And, uh, well, it was great talking to you, Ed. And, and uh, I, know I know you'll be busy this weekend. I will be. And uh, so, tomorrow, so we'll be back up this message. But tomorrow night, I will be talking about the digital disruption of the world's religions. What does you know, virtual parliament really mean to the world and what, how the world's changing? Uh, we'll be right back uh, with our next segment here on Pagan's Tonight Radio, and we thank the right Reverend Lori uh, Denman, dean of Witch School. Check out Witch if you want to see some of the work that she does uh, and, and a chosen past church. And so, blessed be, folks, and we'll be right back. Blessed be, Lori, and we'll be right back after this message. Pagan's Tonight Radio is sponsored by witchschool.com. you Your anyone, anywhere, anytime online magical education. And we need more people to sponsor our shows at Peggy that Radio. Thank you for letting us come back into your life. This is actually the one month mark of us being back. And I really appreciate you guys. Really, I, I don't know how to say it. And you've been listening to Lori, right, Reverend Lori Denman about the Parliament of World Religions. So and tomorrow I'll talk about the digital disruption that's going to create being virtual. And then right after that, we've got so much more coming to you. We're going to talk about Thawin this month. We're going to talk about a lot of things. but so we're going to continue uh, with our last little piece on uh And there's nothing little about this piece. This is actually one of the most dramatic pieces. Uh, I'm going to speak with the first priestess of the Coralian tradition, Lady Stephanie Neal. Welcome. Hello, Ed. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I think that uh, I'm, I'm excited. It's, uh, I think... I think that things are finally starting to break up. The ice is starting to move, uh, the sort of cultural ice, and I think things are starting to move. And I think we're in for a very interesting, if confusing time.
3: <laughs> to say the least, yes. <laughs> Both interesting and confusing, yes.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And you've been uh, so... You've been, you know, your you're first priestess of the Corellian tradition, and your name has been invoked in these talks uh, with Corellians. Oh. And, and one of the things they mentioned, when you were still first elder, uh, you went to the 2015 Utah Salt Lake City uh, Parliament, the sixth parliament. And uh, can you talk a little bit about how why you went and how you got there? Not physically.
3: Oh, <laughs> Well, the why was that I had heard so much about uh, Parliament of the World Religions from you and Mm -hmm. how instrumental you were even starting from the beginning years and that you were involved for uh, for every single parliament except for the first one, and that was only because you were busy. So you uh, have always been uh, involved in this, and by listening to the importance that that you put on this and then i could see as soon as i showed up uh that you were absolutely correct that you walk down these halls and you see the citron robes uh, of a you know of the buddhists and or and all these beautiful robes related to so many religions and churches throughout the world uh pagan and non-pagan uh, uh, almost every color of the rainbow related to the robes uh, uh, are there and you definitely pick up almost instantly the profound respect for everyone which that is crucial for the times we're living in now with so much upheaval with so much hate going around and uh judgment of others uh, uh becoming worse and if they would just go to the Department of Real religions or or read a little bit about that that they that, the, that they're missing the whole point point. and the whole point is that all these religions and all these different peoples from all over the earth are uh, they're in tune with each other working for the better good of this planet and humanity and just like the krillian tradition we're working for the betterment and for that giant leap that is happening this very moment for humanity to be even more uh hyper aware of the, the shift of becoming a Thetan, the human, uh, the magical mind, that many people call it different things, but essentially becoming a better person, not a spiteful person or a judgmental person, uh, but that her whole purpose and the Parliament's purpose is to become this kind of being that is willing to really hold hands spiritually with everyone, to move together, uh, revolving and evolving to this next shift that will happen, Uh, no matter if some people don't like it or not. That's not the point. There will be enough people to make the shift. So all of that is wrapped up in different religions. And uh, so just simply by approaching, it's usually a week-long Convention. Uh, Just by walking down the halls, I don't know how many uh, how many times that a person would just come up to me. They didn't know me, and I didn't know them. And they would just start talking, or inviting me into their workshop, or or, are just curious about what what my uh, tradition was all about. And very interested. You could tell that they were authentically interested in what i had to say and of course i was truly interested in their uh, perceptions of the world and life and uh in fact i think i had more fun out in the hallways walking to and from different places than uh not that the the people that presenters were absolutely wonderful. I'm not saying they weren't, but the, there was just as much learning and communion uh, with um, the beautiful folks that are, were just walking down the halls.
1: I think there's a real value to to that connection, and, and and I've been looking at the electronic version of it, and they're actually creating spaces where we can actually meet like that as well. Um so I think that's Beautiful. very interesting they're trying to simulate that aspect of it. Um Beautiful. but I'll be talk about but I'll talk about you know that tomorrow. So before we get into more about the parliament, you let's go ahead and get a little bit of your background. Uh, one of the things that has been brought up is that well how well educated you are in religious matters. Um you've studied shamanism. Uh several people have talked about the shamanism within the shamanistic courses that we have within the Karelian tradition, which are separate of our clergy training. Um, I know you've you've trained in Hawaii. You've trained in, with a lot of different teachers. Can you tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about your spiritual journey?
3: Okay. Uh, this will be difficult, but I'll try my best to make it. I simpler. know. <laughs> I... You know, because it's like, oh, I should have said this. I should have said that. right? No, um, no. That, and, it's, and the thing is, each time I would... Uh, show interest in spirituality. There would always be a teacher there, ready to teach me. And that uh, the first was, I would like to go go to this open bar in Hawaii. I mean, open meaning that was outside, uh, you know, in the fresh air, and they would have these chairs along this bar. And and so I enjoyed listening to the conversations. Uh, and would join in I know that seems odd But <laughs> that's what I would do And uh, so I would stop by this bar Almost every day And uh, on the way uh, Walking on the way home And I lived in Waikiki And uh, I mean that's just one of the places I lived in In uh, Oahu, Hawaii uh, That uh, There was these two women uh, Approached me And just started talking to me And just I guess wondering Like why are you why are you here, uh, belly up to the bar, you know. And, uh, and I was drinking a, a uh, rum and Coke, even though it was not, there was no rum in it, but I would just say it's rum and Coke. Uh, and uh, But it was just Coke with, with the lemon in it, and that was important to me because I wanted to feel like I was a grown-up. So I was 12 at the time, and then they started just asking me different questions, and they seemed that, they were interested in teaching me uh, more about spirituality because I would just naturally talk about spirituality for some reason, and then they I went on this journey from twelve years old old until eighteen years old and by the end of that journey, it was um, you know they uh, initiated me into um, becoming a sea priestess. They said that I would not share what I had been taught by them until I was of old age, and then I it would happen naturally, and it would uh, it would happen, and that the teachings would go all across the earth. And at the time, at 18, I thought, okay, (laughs) I, I. Half believing them and half not believing them, it, it just seemed like a, an impossibility. Uh, so I just went on my way and then the next thing I was very interested in Christianity. Now I didn't think by becoming Christian had anything taking, that didn't take anything away from being a sea priestess because I just thought well, you just piled on more about this wonderful teachings and then of course I uh, through um, being Christian, yes, I was uh, a couple religions, and and I and would usually end up being an associate pastor in one church, and I was a, um, another associate pastor of another church. Uh, I mean, this is talking about you know, over decades, and you know, spiritual counselor. Right. Um, that was mostly uh, what I did in both churches related to spiritual counseling, and I brought. All the pagan things I was taught, I brought it in to the churches, and they didn't seem to mind uh, when I did that, maybe is the way I did it. I don't know. So then uh, I uh, decided, because we moved so much, I decided this. the last time I moved, I thought, you know, I think I'm going to go truly back into 100% uh paganism i would see priestess, just go all, all full throttle there again, and i'd know the universe will meet me where I am, so I was not walking away from Christianity I because I respect every religion, uh, every positive religion, and which most are, and so I just added another layer and walked into wicca and when i walked into wicca i walked into wicca through witch school because there was this one woman that was saying to me her name was christy and said she would say to me boy you sure sound an awful lot like this uh this place on the net and it's called witch school and you should really check that out because you sound an awful lot almost everything you say is what i've learned through through which school so check them out and i said oh, okay that that sounds great so right then and there i felt the spark i felt the excitement of oh my gosh uh, i'm going to meet more people that are like me and are somewhat like me but enough like me that i'll be be excited to learn and hope that everybody's not like me because then that's, the, that's where the learning takes place. The learning takes place when they're not like me. So uh, I, uh, you know, made, got on the computer, found it, signed up, and the rest is history. I loved everything about it. It's uh, so uh, friendly. uh the community is an instant community. You can ask at least 50 people, and they will make sure that, that they try to help you a little bit to, to move you to the next uh, position. Now, now, of course, then I found out that I have mentors. Okay, so then I have a mentor, so I heavily relied on that mentor. Then with each uh, degree that I took, I uh, moved – you know, with that, uh, you know, with that mentor and worked with that mentor. Um, but when I when I was in Christianity, I mostly found myself uh, dealing with helping people that needed help. Like, like, in other words, if a really poor person was down this long dirt road and they needed, I found out that maybe they needed clothes, I would make sure – that I would uh, get that together along with other people would help me because then it would end up uh, like a little group and they would all help. And then then I would uh, drive up these dirt roads and give them bags and bags of clothes. And then that would usually, almost every time, they would know someone that also needed help, but maybe in a different way. Uh, that- m- maybe they needed um, to have a ride to a doctor 's uh, appointment then you know, okay and uh or they needed food, and that I also started a food bank in the church that I was associate pastor, so that food bank was supplied by the pr- the parishioners in the church that once a month everybody would bring something to fill uh the pantry and every almost everyone would, would do that. So it would be different things, different ways, but I would always be compelled for it to not be so out in the open. I would mostly do well most of my work uh in uh behind the scenes, in, in private in privacy, I didn't think that everybody needed to know that that person down the road was so poor because I just felt like maybe they might be embarrassed. I would never want them to be embarrassed. I I I just was thinking about them, that everybody doesn't need to know uh, what I'm doing behind the scenes. Um, the goddess knows, and that's all that matters. Uh, and the god knows, and no one else really needs to know unless – once again, that if I felt I needed help in a particular thing of need, then yes, I would ask certain people that I saw that they had uh, the same kind of ministry. Also, so so that was that, and that also I I uh, would teach uh, all kinds of different lessons. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not going to go through the list of all that, but I was definitely a teacher for. very very long time in fact I was a teacher by profession too and then eventually become it became a a principal but that was still under um, that was uh, with with the church so uh, because they had a school they had a school from K to 12 so uh, I ended up being the principal of of that that church but but anyway um, I, I, I guess my very core as I then eventually went into to Wicca, and it just felt like home, absolutely felt like home. When I met Lord Don, I felt like he, he's my brother. I, I've known him. Uh, I must have known him in many lifetimes uh, because I. he just feels like I, I – Instant, just instant. Well, yeah, you don't have to tell me anything about you. I already know about you, and and I felt that same uh, same feeling with you, Ed, uh, that I just felt. Oh, okay, this this is another brother, and and uh, all right. So there you go, uh, and just that feeling of family is always wonderful, and, and especially with, in the Kriolian tradition and with Wicca. There are so many different people, so many different perspectives, and a, a person that is willing to just open their hearts and allow um, anybody to have their own opinions and their own approaches, it might not be your approach, let them be and let them present their expression of creativity or their expression of problem-solving or creative thinking, let them be, and then I end up learning from them. And so it's win-win both ways. If they don't learn anything from me, well, that's okay. That really is. I will convey what I feel that spirit wants me to convey, and if a person wants to pick it up, fantastic. But if they don't want to pick it up, that's fine with me because they have free will and they're allowed to pick up anything they want to pick up and not pick up anything they don't want to pick up. So, yeah, and then eventually as I uh, became uh, more involved with the tradition, uh, it. <sighs> I, I, I can't think of one person that, that didn't convey the goddess and God in some kind of a way that would absolutely affect a person's life. In other words, each of these people in which school and in, and I know this is a huge statement, I know that. I know it sounds like hyperbole, but it truly is not. Because once again, if a person opens their heart, they can see how amazing the other person is. But each person that I have met related to the Kriolian tradition, Wicca, uh, and Witchcraft, each each one of them had a true individual, unique beauty, all onto their own. And what else can can you ask for in life? I can't think of anything better than to have all this beauty that's just there, expounding. Their uh, their essence and making the world a better place, and I think everybody's needed. Everybody's needed. <laughs> I didn't answer the question, did I?
0: <laughs>
1: no, you you answered it very 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 well, and I'm really very I'm very glad to hear about it. So we're going to take you then forward till you're at Utah, okay? And and one of the things that happened was is that the crellians. It was the night of the procession, the first real big procession. And people have to understand that procession is a very important one. It, it, it takes the groups into the, into the hall and, and only a handful of representatives of each face. It still makes it a very large procession. And those, those are generally picked out early. I mean, those, those individuals are picked out early. So it was okay. You know, we, we knew that. I mean, I knew that. But we decided we were going to do like everybody else, we dressed up in our robes, you know, everybody dressed up in their robes um, except me, of course, I don't ever you know everybody knows my aversions right. to them I think they make right. I think I'm allergic to 'em um, right. um, and that basically you guys came down there and uh can you talk a little bit about that experience when you guys came down in your robes because it really caused a bit of um Attention, I call. And depending on how you look at it, it stir attention, and everything. Can you talk about that?
3: Uh, I agree that it it uh, mm-hmm. it, attra- it attracted people to us. I think I received at least a half dozen cards saying like, "Phone me uh, whenever you have time. Phone me." And it was. It was different papers, magazines, uh, there were people that wanted wanted to talk more about this group. And uh, they would say, well, exactly what are you? I said, we are Krillian and uh, we are, we believe in a nature-based, we're a nature-based religion, we, we're Wiccan, uh, we, we celebrate life uh, through the goddess and God, the everything that the universe has uh, provided us uh, we study about the soul and their eyes would just be like bulging out of their heads like really 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 as if like I was saying something new or different Uh, I don't know Uh, but anyway they would say well just just call me call me that kind of thing so that was exciting, and that was, and I think the main reason is because we were walking down all together as a group, and I'm sure all the other ones probably had somewhat of a same experience, too, uh, but yet they were, we were definitely attracting people to us. And so then we went in, and uh, the, the, you, I saw you talking to different people, and I saw Lord Dawn talking to different people, and I... Think it, it had uh, something to do with the crotch. uh I'm not sure. And she, like, you were talking to her, and and then all because I, I can only tell you what from my perception of what I was because I wasn't in on the conversations. And so then, uh, you know, she came up and asked asked Don, uh, Lord Don, uh well we only have room for one more here and we would love for this tradition to be uh represented uh by one of the leaders and so then don turned to Lord Don turned to me and then i saw him uh, approaching me and then he asked me would you like to be in the procession I I was, uh, I, I think uh, my, my, I left my body for the moment. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you know, and I think you noticed that. I think you noticed like, okay, I need to kind of go over there and just talk her through this. (laughs) I did. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so you, uh, gently brought me over and was talking to me this will be fine. You just have to do this. Uh let let me make sure that where you're supposed to uh stand to to you know when like in other words you're giving me all all the details of what I was supposed to do and when I was supposed to move and where I was supposed to stand and and you know, you were saying you know, you'll be fine and then by that time I was like okay, so this is what I'm doing. All right. <laughs> this is I'm gonna be in this incredible procession Uh, and you look around all these other people and all these other religions that are just mind-blowing amazing people I mean just the way they they were presenting themselves and the way they were speaking to each other and and their garb I mean they're just beautiful every single one in a different uh, different ways and I happen to be in, uh, in back of a uh, Canadian, uh, I don't know if it was Canadian now, because I saw them in Canada too. But anyway, uh, they were shaman in nature, and they were inviting me into their group, and I thought, well, no, I mean, thank you for inviting me into your uh, native um, Traditions. I don't. We we really think that you're supposed to be part of our our traditions. I said, Well, no. I'm here. I'm very I'm very comfortable with um, being uh, what I am right now. I'm in this amazing tradition called the Karelian tradition. And I was so proud, so proud. It was almost like, like this proudness just started bubbling up in me. And I am here to represent the Krillian tradition. I am here to represent the Wiccans. I am here to represent women. And I'm here to represent, represent the men. Because that was mostly uh, the emphasis that year was about the woman. So that's why that was important.
0: And, and
3: uh, that was just coming out of my mouth, and they went, "Oh, okay, okay, all right, I get the message." <laughs> you know, so they, uh, you know, they backed up, and then the music started. This gorgeous music started, and they started walking down the aisle, and you know, you know very slowly because everybody was taking their time, and and um, I would see these clusters. Obviously, they're a Wiccan. Obviously, they were a pagan. Uh, obviously, somehow they knew I was. I don't know. I don't know because they just started cheering and they're all happy and clapping their hands and so happy and uh, I I, I that I thought that was so nice and I would even heard this one little girl uh, turn to their mom and and say that can I be like her one day and her mom said yes you can and then I I heard her say that when when she said that I went up to her I said oh yes you can sweetheart. And then she smiled, and so that was like a really touching moment. And uh, yeah, so it was when you're in the procession, there you have no idea. There's so much going on. Different little clusters of people are reacting in different ways, and and uh, all the people talking and cheering, and it was just so much. It was so much fun. It really was. It was just so much fun.
1: <laughs> it, and it was, and it was important for a lot of us. So. People were surprised uh, when uh, Lord Don uh turned to you and picked, uh, picked you um, and he did so because in the honor of the uh, tra- everybody thought he would be the one who walked and um, and it was really in that tradition that he was he was caught in that moment that this was the women's um, uh parliament and uh and of course you were first you were first elder when you started out that parliament um yeah. I remember that. I, it was very important. And other than Phyllis Carat, you were the second Wiccan woman to actually work, The first to represent a tradition, and Phyllis Carat was a trustee, so that was very important to a lot of people. And you even got caught. They, they even followed you in part on the local news that night. That, yes. Uh, that was very interesting because they followed part of your procession. They showed the whole thing. They showed parts of it, but what they showed on their commercials, what they showed on their thing, that must have surprised you. Was that the glow about you must have been so strong um, that that even the uh, the media picks up on you. I mean, Crowley and oh. robes are pretty impressive, though. Oh, um,
3: they are.
1: And so you did that. You came back. Lord, I remember uh, Reverend Laurie uh, grabbed you, brought you back to our group, and you're you, everyone's so proud. I remember uh, Lord Neil was there, Mike. Um, he wasn't Lord Neal then. Um, a lot of us, boy, that's been a while. We've changed so much. And was so very proud of you for doing that. Uh, uh-huh. And you'd, you'd have you'd have experiences throughout the process of meeting people during the Parliament. Yes. Then, towards the end of the Parliament, we did an off-site event called our own Lustration because we wanted to. Yes. Yes. Hmm. And it, it tended to be something. And during that process, you were named first priestess of the Karelian tradition. So you started uh, walking the procession, and kind of that's the, the, the growth of that week. You ended up in the position that you continue today as first priestess.
3: Can you talk I about know. That,
1: that week? I mean, can you talk about cause, where, where it started out? As That was like the second day of the parliament. The first day was the registration, and this was the first real big event. And you got dragged up. know, <laughs> yeah, there you go, right. walking with with and with literally with the world leaders of religions. I mean, that was a I, moment. I
3: know. And that was
1: a, and that was such a vindication for me. Most people didn't know it, but for me, that was a tremendous vindication of, of all the work I had done. Um, and, and, it, and it didn't even become because, and don't get me wrong, it did not happen because of what I did. It's, I will say because of my understanding of the parliament, I, I had hopes that something would work out to our positive, but we didn't know it would or even if it could. Hmm? Yes. Um, nobody knew that the thing, but when people asked me, should we wear our robes? I said, of course you should. You love your robes. Um, I don't know how people stand them, but you all love them. And they're so, so nice, so beautiful. It was like really gorgeous. But then you went through the week and you, you know, talk about that week, if you can remember much about it. I mean, it, I, sometimes it's a bit of a whirlwind. Right, right.
3: Uh, well, well, I just noticed. I just there's just so many like little meetings going on, just checking in with everyone, making sure everyone's okay. Um, lots of time on the phone because people, um, you know, in, in different parts of the country are still, uh, you know, wanting to know things, and so I would stay on top of that, and, and it just a. Uh, uh, hundred conversations. And it's like, how do I really put that in? But I was, I was, uh, surprised, I, uh, stunned, uh, when I was asked because Lord Don asked me the night before it was official at the Lustration, just making sure, uh, that how I felt about it. And I was, uh, I, I, I just was so over the top, over the moon, uh, what a wonderful privilege that I will n- now be able to serve in in this uh, capacity uh right next to lord Don i i mean i of, of course I was going to say yes and, uh, and and it's it's been wonderful and yet but while you're saying this uh, I'm thinking then in Toronto that with with that uh, parliament. That that was because all of us, uh, there are many, many uh, pagan leaders that were at this panel. I was one of them, or Don was the leader, I'll really put it all together. And uh, you were there, and the different leaders uh, there, and we all had the opportunity to talk about our tradition and why, why it was and that it was in fact a world religion. So that's what I think was your golden nugget, uh, your reward of, of, of many rewards that it was definitely accredited to you because I know that moment you worked for I don't know. I, uh, more than a decade, I'm sure.
1: Oh, 25 more years.
3: More than a decade. Tw- okay, right, decades. Yeah. Uh
1: that was literally that was literally twenty five years of my work. Uh more a little more than that. Um it was the Wiccan it was uh why Wicca is a global religion. Or Wicca as a global uh global religion. And that became uh, people were very surprised at that. Um but yeah, because well this is really what we're talking about too, but I will lay this one out. So people – what people re- generally don't know is I worked, if, uh, as long as I've been a Wiccan, I was also working at the Parliament of World Religions, Committee for a Parliament of World Religions in Chicago. And a lot of people didn't believe it was going to happen. That was 91, 92. I was a, actually a volunteer for like two solid, a little more than two solid years at the office. I would go in once a week, you know, most weeks. I went, you know, and helped them with whatever paper folding, whatever was necessary. And then when we got to the parliament in 1993, um, I didn't wear any jewelry. None of us in the staff were in that first year allowed to wear anything that identified our religion because we were supposed to be serving the whole. Mm. And I was assistant stage manager. And uh, things would happen to change my, my trajectory. But in that process, there was a big argument that should pagans be there at all? And I went, oh, pagans? Yeah, of course we should be here. And they go, no, 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 no. You're not an established world religion. You're not. You're not. You don't even have 100,000 members. And I pointed out that just a year before this, that a survey came out said there was more than 135,000. He goes, yeah, but you're all these different little groups. You're not one cohesive group. And they go, okay, so what do you need? It says, well, by definition of the UN, a, 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 a viable religion has 100,000 members, identifiable members into its pack. They go, all right. And because uh, you know, part of the Greek Orthodox didn't allow it, And a lot of things happened at that one, which was, it was a, one of the more uh, it, people think that this has been an easy process. No, they were bitching and moaning and it would change. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in 99, I would go back and we would be in a little better position. We'd have a few classes, but we really weren't that accepted. Paganism was beginning to, be, uh, uh, that Arthur was doing some great jobs. Uh, there were a number of people who were doing a great work and, uh, and then I was doing start my filming. Uh, I went there as a fellowship of ISIS a representative as well as Corellians. Uh, and, and I would keep going through that process. But then in 2001, I started Witch School. And that was the defining moment. Today, Corellianism is the largest single tradition of Wicca in the world. And, uh, and that was absolutely my goal is to identify pagans all over the world but then I found out it was too difficult to draw pagans into one umbrella that could be identified so I worked on my own tradition yeah. not my tradition in the sense of know, yeah, I created yeah. it I didn't do anything of the sort but it's been very round for all the tradition that I practiced um, and at the time we opened up when I opened which school it was open to everybody and uh, very few of the other groups wanted to join us but then we became this very strong uh, international group So for me, the parliament drove, the the parliament opened up everything that I would do from that point on. It was absolutely became the the central mission in my life. And people who know me closely are always surprised at that, but that, oh no, it's making money or being an entrepreneur. No, it was getting to that moment in 2018 where we were recognized as a world religion. Yes. And literally from 93. 2018. Everything that I tried to do, 25 years. Um, I do other things and, and things like that, but you know, Pegasus Night Radio, Magic TV, this whole station, all of it was really came out of that argument yeah. of could we qualify to be a world's religion? And so um, originally, I, uh, so I put together this idea of having that, and then Philoscroft did that. And we decided that Lord Don was going to lead that effort, and we got Selena Fox. We got you. We got Uh, All the Wiccan traditions, you know, Wiccan members. So this is about was Wicca, not necessarily paganism, because the Parliament had identified and still identifies paganism differently. There appears to be in this one the first reconciliation um, of that. Well, I'll wait and see. So, yeah, that was great. It was amazing. It was one of the and we did the Global Wiccan Summit. So yes, and I was very proud of everybody that represented it, and everybody. And to this day, people, why weren't you on that panel, though? I didn't need to be. Um, it wasn't it wasn't necessary for me to claim any accolades or anything else just to see it done, just like the procession didn't have to be me. None of this ever has to be me. And and for the biggest part people don't realize. There's a lot of things that happened in the community that I've done that other people because they were the right person to do, have taken on the role of helped. So yeah and oh, people
3: i i still I still agree with that because I've seen other tradition heads want to talk to you and ask you how do you do this? how are you doing mm-hmm. this yeah
1: yeah, and so I've never been an individual cult person you know what i'm saying i'm not it's not about my ideas. Actually, uh my theology and my philosophies are very different than a lot of people's and so I wouldn't recommend my thinking per se to everybody. People who are my students, um, you say they get thrown to the wolves. I said I introduce them to the pack. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's really hard to be one of my students. Um, and I have about a 50% burnout rate on, on, on my students. They go out to do other things. And then they don't say – and I don't have, like, long-term students. Um, they go on and they're actually members of Crowley Tradition – pagan pride movements they go on to it but uh no i'm i'm really tough on my students um and uh that's sort i of think that's uh, so why i guess i'm gonna be that's what uh, the next thing i'm doing is coaching but we're gonna go ahead um and go ahead back to your story because tonight is really about your story if tonight has always been about the stories of the individuals never about the host um i i have my moments i can get that um so we did. You, you were part of that panel and we also did a lustra- we, that illustration we did and uh, Lady Angela took on one of the bigger roles and everybody took on a bigger role onto uh-huh. that. And now this parliament, the virtual one. Now, it's very interesting to me is that you were part of this, is that the Corellian tr- tradition, when COVID hit, we didn't miss a beat. You didn't miss no. a beat about putting our illustrations. I mean, we didn't. There was no struggle for us to go, okay, we'll go online. We had been online for so long. Can you talk a little bit about that? And then now you're going to do this peace ceremony. Is it Saturday uh, at the Parliament of World Religions? Right. Virtual.
3: Right. Can you talk Right. Uh,
1: virtual. Virtual. Uh, so can you talk about that? Uh,
3: essentially, Lord Don uh, started a peace uh, effort uh, several years back. And he created this peace prayer. And we thought it would be a great idea to use different people that are part of the Coralian tradition uh, speaking the peace prayer in their native uh, language. And so we contacted everyone. Everyone was wonderful and said, yes, we'd love to do it. And so that's what we're going to be presenting Lord Donna and myself are going to be speaking for a few minutes before the peace peace prayer begins. And it's a really beautiful presentation. And then once it's over, there's a good chance we will be then uh, uh, answering questions if there's any questions to be answered. Uh, But it's pretty straightforward, and it is uh, a... a, um, quite moving prayer that it gets to the point and it explains exactly what it is and that where the energies are going and because we truly do believe i guess i can only speak for myself now i truly believe that there will be world peace now it might not happen for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years i i, I know that i know that but maybe that might not happen but i just know that the humanity has it in them to stop killing each other <laughs> and stop being so aggressive to each other that i know we can as a as a human race can figure this out and yet i know peace goes farther and deeper than that that peace also means uh, not just the absence of uh, of violence, but also what sometimes people will self-talk themselves into not understanding that they can have uh, a meaningful peace within their own being and know how to achieve that. And so I, I know, like I don't want to get into metaphysics right now, but though I love talking about that, but it, it's just not just about the absence of uh, violence, but there are other types of peace that is inherent in us. It's just covered up by a bunch of veils. Uh, different veils that's been placed on us that oh you you're not good enough or you're not you're not old enough or you're too old or you're, you're too this or you're not educated enough or on and on and on and some people believe all those lies and they they are or or, or a commercial saying oh you you need this and you need that and you're not good enough uh, indirectly saying that through so many different commercials instead of uh, being ripped away from all that garbage and just finding your own peace and you are good enough and you don't need that extra special thing that someone's trying to sell you and, and just bring it down to your own, your own presence, your own worth and, So there's lots of different approaches to uh, to that, of course, but basically finding and knowing that our piece has always been there, it's just been covered up, and now layer by layer we're seeing a little bit more light, a little bit more light. And for some people it happens almost immediately, and other people it takes years, and it doesn't matter how long or how short, just so long as you're peeling back all those layers to find your true uh, essence of what you are all about and what what uh, what kind of peace you are because one person's peace is going to be completely different than another ki- another person's piece and everybody doesn't have to have the same kind of peace there's all kinds of jewels and gems out there, all kinds of colors everyone doesn't have to be the same color so, the, so that kind of thing fits in there related to peace
1: I think it does I think that's a very beautiful idea and uh I want to get into eventually, I think one of the next conversations I want to have with you is is the long now, the idea of the long now. You know, the idea of, you know, we, you know, humanity has now discovered, I think, as part of the peace process, we discovered the the deep past, you know, the long past. And we now are starting to see deeper and deeper into our past. And I think that's changed the way we look at things. But I think we. But you're, you and I share a common idea of that there's a long now, that there is a, a definitely a future. We're not, we're not Armageddonists or apocalyptic in any way. You know, even though I joke about being apocalyptically optimistic since 1963. Um, <laughs> well, it's true. With my the year I was born, we almost blew ourselves to bits on the planet. <laughs> um, we did. I was born in 63, and that was a big year. I mean, we we came close. Um, but I think peace prevailed there. Eventually, I think peace does prevail often, more often than not. And people don't believe in it to say it, but we're at one of the, the world right now is at the most peaceful place it's ever been. I mean, we are not at a world war. We're not seeing tanks crossing over borders at a constant place. We're not having planes bomb constantly over the world. I mean, there are some spots of violence, but the way we used to engage in war, you know, You know, France would invade Britain and Sweden and and Asia would have these wars and the Americas would have these wars. It's not happening right now. I mean, the world's peaceful, Mm -hmm. far more peaceful than people realize. And I think what's happening is I think we're now finally – the reason it doesn't feel so peaceful is that we're dealing with the individual issues. We're going from big national tribal issues like Germany versus France and Britain and that sort of thing to – Oh, what's happening in our neighborhoods? What's happening in our streets? What is, about our police? What about you know, all sorts of different things? But that's another conversation that, you know, that we get into. Oh,
3: so, yeah. And it, you and I would be, yeah, that would be good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we share. So um, later on this week, uh, before the end of the month, we'll see, you'll hear elder talk. And this month they're going to be talking about Samhain. Um mm-hmm. It's going to be amazing. So do you have any last thoughts for anyone here? On, on Parliament or just spirituality or anything that you want to really convey? I, one of the ways I phrase it, if you could give your 15-year-old self or other 15-year-olds advice, what would it be? Well, first of
3: all, I want to say to you that thank you, Ed, Sir Ed, for being and contributing to such a worldwide effort related to Wiccans, Crillianism, the Parliament. I don't know if anyone has said this to you. I'm sure they have. I hope many people have. But I want to say thank you for all that you've done. I am so grateful for you and all the gifts that you've provided.
1: Well, thank you for that. No, actually, I don't. Most people don't even know what I do. So, no, I'm, I mean, you know, I'm pretty. I'm a, as far as I do, I'm pretty quiet about it, you know, because well, when you're quiet about things, you get more done because nobody thinks they have to stand in front of you uh, to stop you. So I get it. Yeah, and I'm about to. Yeah, we. And I, I, my next effort is even better yet. Um, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Well then, thank you. Thank you very much for that. That's a, it's an honor.
0: Oh, good.
1: And um, all right, so back to my 15-year-old question. I love this question. Uh, but if you could give advice to your 15-year-old self, well, you were actually pretty involved for 15, so that's a little... Lady. Or to younger people who really are wanting to become more impactful in the world or, or follow your path or anything like that. Anything that you think that they should hear. At this point, you have anything?
3: I uh, don't be afraid of your own power. Deliberately express your creativity. Don't be afraid. Just go for your and express your thoughts. You know more than you think you know, and especially when you start expressing it. And especially when you start expressing it creat- creatively, you'll you'll bloom further and faster. And don't let anyone tell you anything different.
1: There you go. There you go. That's very good advice and everything else. Well, thank you for being on the show tonight. Uh, I think we covered a lot of ground. Uh, we'll definitely be doing this again in the future. But right now, uh, so I hope people are listening and they listen. They will attend the Parliament of World Religions. And I guess they can store stuff and be with us on Saturday night for the uh, peace prayer. Um, And tomorrow night, I'm going to do the digital disruption of the world's religions. I'm going to take what I'm going to say tomorrow. I think going to really uh, explain really what's really going to happen. It's going to be so deceptive. It's so disruptive. We're about to see a big movement in the the religions, and I think it's the way we're going to pursue peace. But that's tomorrow night. Tonight, we've been with uh, First Priestess, Stephanie Neal. I'm grateful for you uh, being here, and thank you for for coming on the show. Thank
3: you for inviting me, Ed.
1: Oh, and you're welcome. And with that, folks, I am going to play uh, another – as you know, I always end up with a song – and I think that is appropriate, and I think tonight it's going to be what Stephanie did. It's called uh, by Mitchell May's Fire Leap, and blessed be. And thank you for listening to Pagan Tonight Radio. This is Pagan Tonight Radio going to the evening and we'll be back tomorrow night with another exciting episode. So blessed be and have a great day. Make it a great day.